Hi, it's John Raven here. This is Still Sober with John Raven. Uh, the podcast, it's more of a diary than a podcast. If you're waiting for my next guest, um, I'm still waiting for my first guest. That's not my cat. This is um, diary entry slash episode number 10.27. That's uh, year 10, week 27 of sobriety, because that's how we gauge. That's our arbitrary numbers um, that that we, the collective we, uh, track on this podcast. Um, if you're a sober person, hope you're uh, staying sober. If you're not a sober person, hope you are staying sane. It is, uh, it's quite a thing. Let me see here. I need to make an adjustment. Give me a second. And that was my adjustment. That was the second. Um, like I said, if yeah, like I said, if you're a sober person, hope you're staying sober. If you're not a sober person, hope you're staying sane. What if I just, uh, what if I just explained what this podcast is for, like every week, and I explained it for ten minutes for new people? Like uh, I came here for tips and uh, support uh, with my recovery, and then I just tell you um, that I try. That mainly I can I end up bitching about you know I bitch about things that I'm dealing with in my recovery slash life and maybe it helps or maybe it turns you off of from me and goes well I don't like this guy I'm a very narrow market but but what if what if I just explained that every episode for ten minutes and explained what this was and then after that. I talked for 10 minutes about what I wanted to talk th about this week. So like half of every episode was explaining why does this fucking podcast exist? And like tried to justify it. Half my time is just trying to justify it. How much longer would uh, my core audience actually stick around? I, I don't know. I think some of you probably would stay, stay keep coming back um, because I think that you have – a John Raven problem. Um, and there is not a support group for that. Uh, no, that's not what I'm going to do. But uh, uh, I did, speaking of my core audience, um, I found like another like analytics type page statistics or whatever that added like extra streams from like one particular uh, podcast service that doesn't it's like a streams versus downloads. So it adds like an additional number. Um, what it all comes down to is I have no fucking idea how many people listen to my podcast every week. And most people don't No, Most people don't know what their podcast other than like, like, bigger numbers like bigger podcasts that have the advertisers that actual that gauge numbers because they get paid that way um they have an idea they may not have an exact number but it's it's just so there's so many different services and there's so many different ways to listen you know that that feed off the RSS feed and different things like that that it's like you can't get an exact number 
and there are some there are some services that are like, oh, we can find the exact number for you, and if you pay us, we'll let you know, because so you can get the dirt on all these podcasts that are your competitors, so that you can feel better or you can talk shit about them, or if you wanted to out somebody who's bragging about the their large numbers that their podcasts are getting, uh, which I am not, um, but it's it's interesting to find out that I have that what I think the number is, is probably the base. Like I don't have less people than I, than I know that I have. Uh, excuse me, water. I just know that there's more people than I thought that I had. And does that add any pressure? Clearly it does not, but it makes me feel good. If only, you know, a, a slight dopamine rush. I, I enjoy that. That's good. I did not do anything this past weekend. Like when I said I don't, I didn't do anything. I did not do anything other than enjoy the fact that I got my car back from the auto mechanics who it was, it was great because I, I'd taken my car to this. I got a flyer in the mail from, from this uh, auto mechanics in my neighborhood, like just down the street. And they were offering different promotions. And so I was like, well, let me just take it there so I can get this check engine light and the solenoids, solenoids and the, uh, the ignition that there's, there's an issue and it's the check engine light on my car has been going on and I've been ignoring it for a while. Um, but we also had a feeling that there was something going on with the transmission with the car. And that's, that's bad because it's like, what's that, that, that's going to cost a nice $2,000, $2,500, maybe like if we're lucky kind of a deal. Um, so I go, so I take it to this, uh, to, so I, I take my car into the mechanic, um, to this auto shop. Right. And the first person, that I see in the parking lot pulling out like he was a mechanic there and he was pulling the, one of the uh, a customer's car, pulling it out to, to take it back around in the back to start working on it. And I look in and it's a guy I've known for 22 years. I haven't seen him in a couple of years, but I've known the guy forever. Like he's a, he, like he's a uh, legitimate um, lead singer, musician, for a rockabilly country band, which means that he's probably a fucking terrific mechanic. And he has to be because he's been working at this, apparently been working at this particular auto shop for 20 years. And come to find out when I, I get in there and get everything situated, and they end up calling me later and going, yeah, we actually have you in our, in our system. We worked on uh, one of your cars in 2008. So... <laughs> So I've had them before, which is just like, I don't remember getting that done, but, uh, but turns out the, the repair on it fixed the transmission problem that I thought I had. And even though ultimately it cost me like $600 to get the car fixed and the car now drives better than when we bought it from used from from a dealership 
which leads me to believe that they did not fix the car up at all. That they um, that they barely got it running enough to sell to me to me. So um, because it runs better than it did before, um, and in its and I say all this because it's interesting to be in a position where at one point in my life, instead of getting a car fixed, the same car that uh, that this auto shop fixed for me in 2008. Um, later on, I ended up um, getting in a wreck with it because I was nodding off on heroin, as you do. And I ended up selling the car for parts because I didn't want to deal with it. Then I was spending all my money on drugs, so I didn't spend it on the car, right? So it's the whole getting in recovery is a whole incremental change where you start getting more and more responsible. If you're, if you're working your program, if you're working on yourself and just, you know, just keep going, moving forward, then, you know, you get better and better. And now I'm at a point where I'm getting, my car repaired. I'm not blinking at a $600 repair because I've got the money and it was less money than I thought it was going to take to pay for it. Now, the flip side of that is there was also the issue where the climate control board and that everything that controls the AC and the heater and flipping it from the defrost to the floorboard, all that stuff. There's so many things that are out on that 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 needs to the control board needs to be completely replaced as well as the blend door actuator that I had taken out and I can't get one back in there because the engineer's an asshole who designed the car um that would have been that would have been about $900 but it's stuck to where only the AC works and the heater doesn't work and I live in Austin Texas so it's like I tell, tell my wife, hey, honey, do you want to spend $900? No, would you rather have a heater in an area of the country where you need the heater for about 15 days out of 365? Or do you want $900? And we chose to go with the $900. We will not pay that until the AC goes out. So that's not really preventative, but still... That that aside, I was prepared to spend more money than $600 to get this car repaired. I was dreading it. So the money that I saved or didn't spend that I thought I was going to spend, I'm putting off because I'm going to need to replace the brake pads, the next oil change. That'll be like the next service, and I'm going to have them do it. So it's going to be like preventive maintenance. So I've gotten to the point that I've got preventive maintenance repairs, which sounds like, yeah, that's something you should do. Yeah, not me. That's I haven't done that in 20 fucking years. I haven't done preventative maintenance on a vehicle. That's not who I was. I've got other things to spend my money on. 
Yeah, I don't mean to brag. This is not a humble brag. That is a weird humble brag is to, is to say, you know, you know, I'm no longer a piece of shit. Look at me. No, like, <laughs> look who's does the, you know, the bare minimum of uh, being a functional adult in society. Um, but it's just, no, but it's, it's cool to, to see, to especially, especially to get the notification from the auto shop to like, yeah, you haven't been here in 15 years. And the last time you were here was, that was the thing is the, the guy I saw that I'd known for 22 years. That's why I went there in the first place was because he worked there. And I was, and I thought that he could hook me up and I don't know if he, he did hook me up. He was like, yeah, I could hook you up. And then just charge me the regular price. Um, regardless, any auto shop that um, that employs the same mechanics and they've been working there 20 years and then also that auto shop offered me, you know, like coupon discounts and while fixing my car, they gave, they have a, they had a, a, a shuttle that took me home so that I, you know, and then offered to take me to work if I needed to go to work, but that I just had them take me home. Like that's, yeah, I'm all in on that. So those people are great. So that was my – so to get the car back, short story long, to get the car back, I spent the weekend going – being able to jump in the car and go run errands if I wanted to go run errands, run to the grocery store, and driving around in a car that doesn't have a goddamn check engine light hovering over my head and that drives normally and going, oh, yeah, that's right. This is what this feels like where I don't have – I don't need to worry that this thing is going to break down and that like like wincing every time you turn the car on and like rev the car up or when you shift or you go, there we go. Maybe we'll make it home. So it's like what a luxury to have a vehicle that works like it's supposed to. Crazy. I got to tell you guys about the, so I've said this before that I don't, I tend to not get very political because enough people do in the world that why the fuck nobody comes here to listen to my uh, perspective on current events like that, like in the political spectrum, like there's, I don't know anybody that's ever um, gone to the internet going, you know what? I don't have nearly enough people telling me what they really think um, and giving me their opinions about stuff that's um, that they honestly don't know much about and, uh, and is not in their wheelhouse, but they feel strongly about. And, um, and they feel that I should believe this as the same as they do. Um, here's the other thing. Here's the other reason that, uh, one of the many reasons, and I don't think I've, I've brought this up. Here's another reason that I don't fo focus on politics. Cause I was, I was, or in current, you know, like just, yeah, just government and everything going on, like the issues of today. At least the, the hot button issues. I don't like to focus on them as much because 
And I was telling this to, to a friend of mine who I met for coffee. Um, yes, I have friends outside of my wife. So, cause he, he, cause I was telling him that I get kind of psycho about the NFL, that even when the season's over, I'm still listening to NFL news as to, you know, the upcoming draft and the, uh, the combine is this week, you know, as, and then after that it's pro day for different, uh, um, hopefuls in the draft. Anyway, I focus on that because that's like my soap opera shit. That's like what I find interesting. And it gives me a distraction from what's going on um, with in the, in the news or something that's passed off as news. Which like this just ends, somebody said something is not news. Um, 30 years ago, in the 90s, Many, many of you who listen will remember, 30 years ago, we dealt with censorship from both the left and the right. From the left, we had parental advisory, explicit lyrics, censorship. From the right, it was like the it was uh, Christians, conservatives, and uh, the satanic panic and was still kind of, uh, you know, and then worried about rap as well. That was going on. And then the two big issues was gun control and abortion. 30 years later, it's gun control and abortion and censorship from the left and the right. We've really, uh, uh, we've made some progress in 30 years, haven't we? It's the same shit, only our phones have gotten better. Video games are kind of cool, or a lot better as well. Like the, the technology has improved, but uh, we're still, um, here we are. I'm turning 50. I, uh, I'm tired of being concerned. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I'll, uh, I will pay really close attention when I vote, especially in local elections. State and local elections, the most important. But uh, other than that, I do not give a shit. I'm going to focus on, you know, other things. I'm going to focus on things that affect me directly, and that, um, and that actually that that aren't things that affect people in a very specific way. That is not uh, a talking point for somebody in Washington to pretend. Um, to care about so that they can con they keep getting paid by lobbyists so that they can continue to have a job and make money. Um, that's does not concern me. What does concern me is, um, you know, influx in fentanyl and drugs. Um, the fact that a horse tranquilizer is getting put in, mixed in with, with drugs to form something called trank that people, uh, um, that causes their skin to become necrotic and zombify them. And because it's a tranquilizer, it's not an opioid. If people OD on it, sometimes the, uh, 
Narcan won't bring them back because it's you're dealing with both a tranquilizer and an opioid, and the Narcan only works on the opioid part. That's that's more of a concern and less of a you know oh, my side's arguing with with your side in Washington and not listening to uh, anybody else or deal, doing anything with uh, infrastructure that seems to be falling apart. Um, so yeah, so I was talking to. My buddy about that because he's like why do you like the nfl so much and i had to explain it's like i take a thing that i like and i went overboard on it because it's uh relieves boredom and it distracts me from things that are um focused on to uh worry you and keep you clicking on um and reading the news and then while we were sitting there, there's another issue that, that bugs me, which is the, uh, I deal with, um, you know, homeless ver- people versus uh, street people. Like you, like every, they call everybody, they just blanket statement, the homeless. And you know, that there are different kinds. There are people that, um, you the people that you see are the street people people who are homeless don't like being homeless like who are newly homeless and looking for help those those tend to be the ones who can get into shelters and get uh, access to uh, different services because they haven't burned all their bridges they're down on their you know they're they're down on their luck they're they're getting hit by um you know recession and uh, layoffs and all kinds of other things, you know, life just in general, right? So street people, some of them, ones who have burned all their bridges, they won't go into a, a, like men's housing or sober housing because it's a sober house. They can't follow all the rules in order to do it, so they don't. They burned all their bridges in getting like assistance because they won't fulfill the requirements to continue to get assistance or they've maxed out their benefits and they're not improving because they only want to maintain their lifestyle. They don't want to uh, work on it because it's hard. It's hard to work on your shit. Um, whenever somebody gets to be a certain level for a while, there's this thing and you know, I, being an ex-junkie, I know these these type of people, and the type of people are the ones that solicit. I've told my wife this that I think it's better that somebody becomes a thief than uh, to um, than to solicit, like fly a sign on the side of the highway. And initially, people are like, "What?" don't think that that's correct. They're like, no, we, you don't want somebody to steal. I do because that's a sign that they're moving in one direction or another. You're either going to be a, become a really good thief. <laughs> hey, you got a new profession or you're going to end up getting caught and then you'll at least get in a position where you have to do something or you have to change. You're not maintaining, you're not treading water, right? Also, if somebody steals something from you, 
The only person that they're hurting is the person that they stole from. And that person can replace whatever got stolen. And they can also use that to their benefit to get attention on social media about how my iPad or whatever the fuck, right? If you fly a sign on the side of the road, you emotionally affect every car that drives by, makes them uncomfortable. You basically bum out thousands of people in a day. You affect society emotionally. You emotionally bum out society on a massive level. Just that much because you're doing that and you're trying to to pressure people into giving you just a few dollars so that you can maintain whatever you got going on. I think that's way worse overall than stealing something. That's my theory. That's what I believe, really. But that, but the 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 soliciting people, people who fly a sign, people go, "Hey, man, do you have a cigarette? Hey, man, you got any change? Hey, man, I'm just down on my luck. I need some money for gas so that I can make it to the whatever the fuck, whatever the 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 fucking thing is, where they come up and they act real nice." And make you kind of go, oh man, no, I'm sorry. And then you're, and then later you're like, why am I apologizing? So I don't apologize. I tell them no directly, right? Because that's what they understand. Because if you if you're too nice, they'll keep pushing until you have to be firm, and then they get indignant. Then they get to victimize themselves and go, oh, what an asshole. You don't have to be mean. Yes, I do. Apparently, this is how you learn. Um, and I did that. I were I'm sitting there. I was talking to my buddy at the coffee shop, and this guy, who didn't look homeless, but he he looked like he either was low key homeless, you know, street street person, or he used to be but he still got the mindset of trying to get something for free and like invading space. Cause he came up, we're in the, this coffee shop in the front area with all the different tables. It's completely empty except for us. And he comes in and he wants to sit down at, at the, uh, at the picnic table with us. He goes, Hey, you guys, do you guys mind if I just kind of sit here? <laughs> and my buddy's like, Actually, we we kind of do. We're kind of having a personal conversation. And he says, oh, it's okay though, man, because I'm going deaf. And and so I I looked at him and I went, well, why don't you go be deaf over there? In that tone. And I stared at him and he's like, well, you don't have to be hostile. And I'm like, apparently I do. So why don't you move it? He's like, all right, man. All right. And then he goes over to one of the many empty tables. In fact, they were all empty. And it's confusing, right? Why would he come up there? Because he was trying to invade the space. Because there's something about being able to see what you can get away with. Because that's the opening. And then while he would be sitting there, then he would shift over to Hey, you know, trying to talk to you, try to get in your good graces. And then he's asking for something. 
You have to put your foot down. You don't have to do it mean. I prefer it. I prefer like, like with an edge because that's what they understand. When the mindset, they're so used to rejection, so used to asking and soliciting, and you keep doing it and doing it, you become desensitized um, to other people. You you don't empathize with anybody else. You see everybody as a mark because it's something that you can get for you. And it sucks because I have to then yeah, – <laughs> I didn't apologize to the guy because fuck him. I did apologize to my buddy. I'm like, sorry to make you uncomfortable with that. And he told me later, he goes, he goes, no, afterwards, he like texted me. He goes, I've just replayed what went on there. It actually kind of made me laugh. I'm like, thank you. I think people are too nice. You have to be firm with some people. There was no point for that with that, by the way. I just wanted to – this is what happened and because I, I brought this up before, which is that, um, you know, people was like, we got to help the homeless. No, what you have to do is do your own research and see does your local community and your city have enough resources for when people fall on hard times, they can get resources. As long as those resources are, you know, are, are readily available, then it's a matter of when you want to help, you know, the, we need to help these homeless people. No, they need to help themselves. But you need to make sure if you want to help, help donate to places that, that provide resources for them so that if they'd want to do the work, it's there. And also it'd be nice if there were resources for people who needed help, um, you know, with addiction and, um, and getting into rehab because apparently you have to either get arrested or have rich parents. Um, anyway, still soberpod at gmail.com for any questions or comments that are positive to neutral. Uh, you want to send my way. But uh, have a good week, and um, we'll see you next time. Appreciate it. Later. Bye.